Kick-Ass 2. Kick-Ass 2. Kick-Ass 2. Uh, I'm Daly. I am here with uh, my esteemed colleague, uh, Bartholomew. Uh, and we're, we're talking Kick-Ass 2. Uh, you're a fan of the first Kick-Ass. I like it very much. Okay. I do. It's so funny and violent and the soundtrack kicks fucking ass. ass. Yeah. yeah, okay. Uh, no, it's. I was really actually pleasantly surprised. I'm not terribly familiar with uh, Millar's uh, graphic novel. Um, I mean, I think I, I'd sort of heard the title, but that was about it. Yeah. Um, Most of the guy who was sitting behind us in the theater who read it many times. Y yes. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, the, the first one I really actually enjoyed quite a bit. Um, and that's something that I... I don't, I don't think I saw it in the theater. I think I saw it later. Uh, but I, I, you know, I bought that. I own that. I watch that actually fairly frequently. I enjoy it quite a bit. I think they both suffered from the same thing, which is that their trailers made them look stupid. Yeah. The, I remember not. I remember distinctly not seeing the first one in the theaters because it, it just looked so stupid. McLovin was there, yeah. and Nicolas Cage with 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 a Hulk Hogan mustache and a Batman suit, and I was just like. Mm. Oh, yeah, but but Nicolas Cage is amazing in that movie. Yes, he is. His whole like, his he does this great Adam West impression through the whole thing. <laughs> kick ass, more like ass kick. It's incredible. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. His, his comedic timing is yeah. striking. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So okay, so okay, well let's start there. Let's start with Nicolas Cage because right. he he's so good in that movie. He casts. Such a long shadow that uh, it, it's almost hard to not address it, you know. Right. Um, especially since you know he dies in the first movie, so he's not back for the second one. Um, so that leaves a fairly significant absence right. uh, in the second movie, uh, both you know tonally and in, just in terms of just in terms of size of personality. You know, I mean, he's such a presence in well, that and movie. Also, you know, and also name brand actors because I mean his if you have to pick another person to replace him in yeah. the second one it's Jim Carrey yeah and it's a very different role right but at the same time Jim Carrey fills those shoes admirably I think I think it's probably it's some it's easily some of the best work that Carrey's done in in recent memory it's because he's not being Jim Carrey in it for the most part it's, yeah he's he's not being Jim Carrey as Ace Ventura as the mask yeah. as the Riddler yeah as Jim Carrey yeah no it's 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 very, it's very fucking dark and twisted. I, I, I love the Colonel. The Colonel Stars and Stripes is <laughs> it's a dog wonderful. on your balls. <laughs> yeah, that voice is great. He's got all sorts of weird prosthetics on his face. Like, yeah, it's crazy. I didn't during. I remember during the trailers, I, I didn't actually recognize him at first. Oh yeah. It's, it's like when Robin Williams shows up in Louis. It's like, is, is that him? <laughs> is that wait? Is am I really seeing that? Yeah. Yeah. No. It's he's he's fantastic. I was worried going into it that because I was so pleasantly surprised by the first one. Yeah. The bar was for me was set high for the second one, yeah. and I thought that it was gonna sandwich itself in mm -hmm. and be pleasantly surprised for the first one, and then yeah. disappointed for the second one. Yeah. But you know what? Not so much. Yeah. No, I enjoyed it. Let's let's stick on the Nicolas Cage road for a second. Sure. You know, aside from uh, one of the other things I really like about the approach that they took, not only do they uh, do they have to fill the hole left by Cage, but I like that the script 
actively addresses it. You know, there yes. is literally the shadow of Big Daddy looming over this whole thing. His suit is there in the in in Mindy's little hideout apartment, yeah. like looking over them, and she's got like the the promise to her father. Like yep. he, the in a in a huge in a very big way, this movie is essentially about the death of Batman. You know, it's what happens if Batman dies and leaves all of these protégés. There's a Nightwing, and there's a second Robin, and there's a Batgirl, and, you know, left with the decision of do we, you know, do we carry on in that tradition? Do we do we continue and do what we've worked and trained to do right. uh, just because he's, you know, he taught us to do this stuff? Or, you know, do you take that death to heart and say maybe, you know, there's more to life than this? And, and do, you, do you try and find a way to, you know, live a normal life? And that's a really a big part of uh, of Mindy McCready's you know plot in this movie is, is her trying to find a make, find a way to live a normal well, life. Actually, it was my next question: is so who is the main character of this movie? Well, it's tough. I mean, and that's the other thing. You know, it's uh, Chloe Grace Moretz is the standout of the first movie. You know, and right. for a large in, in large part, that's because it's such a shocking. You know, image. She's a little yeah, kid in that exactly. movie. She's like, she, I don't remember. I don't know how old she was, but she was very young. Yeah. I mean, and she's also very small. Yeah. Uh, and you know, this, you know, basically this like, yeah, twelve-year-old kid or whatever saying, you know, fuck you, cunts or whatever. Cutting and, arms off. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know, uh, uh, literally dismembering gangsters left and right, right. and just just brutal shit and it, the, that incongruity that's the thing that everybody took away from that movie is oh my god hit girl is so awesome right mm -hmm. and part of the reason that she's so awesome uh aside from you know just on the face of it is that it catches you by surprise you right. know even if you know that going into the movie like it's it's one thing to intellectually know it and it's another thing to actually watch it all play out sure um and so sort of you know that it sets that bar very high going into the second one where you're like okay well you know i've now that I've seen Hit Girl before, like, you know, what, how, how do you take that further? You know, like, how do you keep that interesting? Especially since she's not a little kid anymore. You no. know, she's now like she's more high school. Yeah, she's a teenager. She's And she looks it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, her, her struggle, uh, her, her sort of decision to say, no, I'm going to step away from, from the superhero life. You know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting choice. Uh, and I, it's, it's a nice twist on the coming of age story. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it's, you know, it's tough because... It's, Especially with the Mean Girls stuff. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. <laughs> you know, she spends a lot of the movie basically not as a superhero and right. doing this whole, like, trying to fit in with the Mean Girls thing. And, man, I, when you're when you're sitting through it, it really... It's... I mean, it's slow. I gotta give him credit because you have to know when you make that decision that when you, when you script that out that you're going, you know, that you're running the risk of having the audience sitting there going, uh, when the, when the fuck is she going to put the mask on and start killing people again? Yeah. That's why I'm here, you right. know? Right. Uh, but I, I mean, I, it's, it's slow and you, you do sort of get that feeling, but I really think it pays off very well in the end. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a really nice arc for her and, you know, Chloe Moretz is fabulous. I mean, she, she can, you can throw pretty much anything at that girl and she can handle it. But yeah, I mean, the the Mean Girl stuff is also you know a little. I don't want, I don't say it's hit or miss, but you know, yeah, some of it I some like of the, it plays better than others. I like the pooping stick thing. That yeah, the sick stick is is pretty good. I mean the <laughs> the blatant CGI of it all is a little unfortunate, um, and I feel like in general there's a lot more sort of CGI. But you know what? It was also the punch. It was stuff. it was the yeah. But it was the punchline 
to all the Mean Girls stuff. Well, yes. And it needed to happen. Yes, It needed no. to happen somehow. Well, and that's and... the thing. And, and that's the thing. Because you spend so much time with her, like, playing nice and being, you know, popular, like, trying to be popular girl or whatever, yeah. you, when she finally decides to, you know, flip the table and to go back and embrace you know her inner hit girl yeah you're right you need a huge payoff there and yep. the six stick and that scene where she comes in and she's all dolled up and she sits down at the table with him and is like oh, i'm gonna beat you at your own game and then just fucking knocks him sideways with the vomiting and poop i mean like <laughs> that shit is that that's i mean that kind of that played to the audience like oh, you know yeah. however however it was executed that shit plays it, it was appropriately sophomoric yeah and you know fine yeah that, that's okay mm-hmm. um but that's the thing i mean a lot of the a lot of the main um i think the main sort of theme of the film is is that struggle struggle for identity yeah you know and that's something that you know it's nice because these are uh even though they're you know they're superheroes they've you know they go out and they beat up vill- uh, uh, criminals and, you know, they have this sort of very adult yeah. uh, hobby or this very they're adult still, activity that yeah. they're very they're involved still, in and they've gone through some shit right. and they've seen people die and they've lived through this horrible thing or whatever. Um, at the same time... They're, they're still st- kids. Yeah, they're still young. They're still in high school. Yeah. And that sense of finding your identity and figuring out, you know, who you are and who is the person that you... Trying to figure out not only who, who you are, um, but who is the person that you want to be. Right? Yeah. What do you want to become? What do you want to get out of life? I mean, that is high school, right? That's what high school's all about. You know, now after all these years, I'm starting to think maybe it isn't what high school is about, but anyway. Well, no, but that's what it feels about in the moment. <laughs> sure. Though, you sure. know, I mean, when you're when you're in high school, that it's, I've got to, what am I going to do? i got to figure out where, what I'm going to, you know, what activities I'm going to do and what classes I'm going to take so I can get into the right college and then I can get the right job and I can, like, oh, live God. the life I want to live. And, like, that's all of that. It feels and like... Well, I better get 1,600 on my SATs or whatever the hell the no, fucking number is anymore. How 1,600 is? You're an idiot. But they, like, yeah, they don't use that anymore. Yeah, but it, you know, if you it, you get all these pressures, but, but it's that's the thing. It's well, am I, you know, uh, do I am I a, uh, uh, an athlete? Am I uh, AV geek? Am I a debater? Like, what what do I? Where do I fit into this? To this? Do I run theme? over debaters? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's only the select few get to do that. And, Away with it, uh, Bailey. You're like the Highlander. <laughs> I, there can be only one. Um, I'm running over one debater. So, but 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 I mean that's it. It I think it parallels very nicely with this whole sense of the the battle between yeah. their secret identities and their superhero identities. I mean, they have uh, Hickerlin and, and Kickass. Yeah, Dave. They, and they, you know, they have this whole conversation about. You know what? What's the mask? Is Kickass the mask, or is Dave Lazuski the mask? Right. Um, and that... no, I mean look, this is well traveled. Yeah, it is comic book territory. But I mean, that's the thing that I actually like about this. One of the things I like about this whole kind of franchise, this whole kind of pitch, is you know, look, superhero movies, like established comic book properties, Batman, Superman, Avengers, like these are the things that are propping up Hollywood right now. They're the things that are making all the money, that are generating all the excitement, uh, you know, that literally the, the, the hall of Hollywood is building their year around, well, this superhero, this superhero movie in the fall, and this one at Christmas, and this one in the summer. And I mean, it's, you're literally just hopping from one hero superhero franchise to another, you're right? Not, you're not wrong. So, but that's the thing that I like about something like Kick-Ass, 
is that it can stand apart from you know all of these established properties and kind of hold that mirror up to that world you know right. um, something like like kick-ass or watchmen um, I mean and granted these are all based on actual graphic novels and mm -hmm. you know and they have their fan bases and you know not that they're completely unknown but the majority of moviegoers did not read kick-ass graphic novels before they went to see the movies you know right when this first started to happen you know so I always think of, of the first X-Men that's 2000 mm -hmm. uh, as sort of the birth of this cycle sort of modern comic book you don't movies. you don't want to go back to 89 no because there's a there's a big gap there you know it was batman that's and true. that was really that's it. true because it was it was yeah it was really was just the first they two, made batman there was, movies there were, well it was the two batman movies yeah. and then the sh shit ones well yeah but there weren't any like none of the other comic like big comic there was, there was no superman there was, movie. No superman there was superman movie. movies in development but they couldn't get one off the ground speaking of nicholas cage yeah spider-man <laughs> was nothing you know uh right that was what, what do you when none when of the marvel the, properties were doing anything what, when was the first uh spider-man Spider was my freshman year in college so that's 2001 well, it would have been spring of 2002. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so so the first, you know, Brian Singer's first X-Men movie, that's 2000. That's sort of the birth of this modern cycle of superhero movies, mm -hmm. I've always felt. Um, and, you know, mm -hmm. really, it, once the X-Men franchise got established and really, and once Spider-Man became the fucking juggernaut that it was, you started to see all of these other superhero <laughs> movies. Daredevil. Well, no, no, no. What I'm thinking of is more like the, more the stuff like, like Hancock, yeah. and uh, there was that shitty <coughs> Luke Wilson, my super ex-girlfriend. Like, oh, movies that, that kind one. of... Yeah, you didn't miss anything. But there were movies that took the idea of, you know, living in a world with superheroes and, you know, finding a way to, you know, to examine something through that lens. You right. know? Brad Bird. Yeah, exactly. The Incredibles is a great example of that. Um, but like, the, I think of Hancock and the fucking Super Ex-Girlfriend one in particular because they're they're a little more. I, don't, I wouldn't call them satirical, but they're they're really looking, trying to say, okay, well, what 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 happens if the if you're what happens if Superman's a drunk? You know, that's what Hancock is. Hancock is what happened. What if Superman was a fucking drunk? Was it oh. was a was an amnesia? Was a drunk with amnesia? You know, oh, um, wow. and Super Ex-Girlfriend is what happens if you know, you, di you you break up with a girl who happens to be superhero, and also she happens to be incredibly unstable, you uh, know? Sounds delightful. Yeah. So, I mean, I always, I really love the idea of these movies. Uh, neither one of them are particularly great. Uh, Hancock's not bad. Half of Hancock is actually very good. Um, but, you know, I love the idea of these movies, of taking the sort of comic book world and trying to tell a different kind of story set in that universe that now everyone feels very comfortable and familiar with. Sure. Um, so that's what, kind of what I like about, about Kick-Ass is that it can sort of uh, explore these ideas of, uh, you know, identity and vigilantism um, in a way that you don't, you know, I mean, look, Batman is like the world's big, most famous, like, vigilante, right? But he, there's also... He, the franchise is so established and so famous right now that it's like it almost comes with baggage. You know, there's certain you can't do some certain things with Batman. I mean, when I think about commentary on vigilantism, I don't go to Batman first. Well, no, uh, but that's the thing. You you almost can't make a comment about it anymore. You know, it's like Batman is a vigilante, but he's good, so we all kind of just he's forget a fully about deputized it. agent of the law. <laughs> Jesus, thank you, Agent McGillicuddy. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, but that's the thing. We we. Batman's a good guy. So you almost don't get to have the discussion anymore about yeah. whether what he's doing is right or wrong. And that's why I think part of the reason I think Nolan's movies have been, 
you know, so interesting is because that was the thing that he thought was so interesting was, mm. you know, this idea of a guy who, you know, who, what is, what kind of a guy dresses up and goes out at night and, uh, and, and operates outside of the law, you know? Um, I mean, he doesn't do a lot of vigil, like commentary on vigilanteism. Um, it's probably maybe, most of it is sort of the does. end of Dark Knight, but, yeah. um, and, and, you know, Dark Knight Rises, at least the, the Batman is more of a, you know, he's on the wrong side of the law at that point. But yeah. you, but this is that's what I'm saying. You know, there are there are certain things you can't do with Batman anymore, right? You don't get to have that conversation in a Batman movie because he's Batman. Yeah, exactly. Uh, whereas with something like this, where it's like, yeah, you kind of stretch the characters in 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 more, little more you know bizarre, extreme ways. Um, I don't I don't know if they necessarily do that in Kick Ass Two. Like I, I feel like they they I feel like they talk a lot about it, but they don't actually go anywhere super interesting with it you know i mean the mindy mccready thing is like i said it's good but it's all kind of played for laughs or whatever um dave's story you know the kick-ass story is i guess there is a lot of identity stuff it's less there's less a lot of, of identity stuff when they get to the thing with his father yeah the father stuff is really heavy man. that was something yeah I mean, I did not see that coming. No, I didn't either. But, that was very surprising. But that's, that's the thing that I like about the two kick-ass movies, is that there's all the stuff that you don't see coming. I mean, in the real world, if you want to be a superhero without superpowers, you need to be cutting people up. Yeah. And the thing is that, you know, it, I always think back to uh, the second X-Men movie, mm -hmm. where Wolverine is running around the mansion slicing and dicing people, and you never see anything. Yeah. You yeah. don't see a thing. That's Wolverine, true. I mean, in the real, if Wolverine, that he, he, what's his superpower? Yeah, he heals. Okay, great. He, he, he has knives in his hands. What do yeah. you do? What do you do with knives? Yeah, you know, you make julienne fries out of people, and yeah. like it, that would be a horrific thing to see. Mm -hmm. And they never show you because they can't because it's a big movie. This, they can show you, and they do. Yeah. And that, yeah, me, some of that shit is brutal. Although, you know, and I don't know if you remember this. The, uh, I mean, I read about this afterwards as well. But um, the Jim Carrey thing? No, no, no. The guy who was sitting behind us, who had clearly read every kick-ass graphic novel that right. had ever been published, uh, was saying when we were walking out of the theater that, okay, so the scene where, uh, where fucking McLovin, uh, a.k.a. the motherfucker. Uh, we'll just stick with McLovin. When he goes to the girl, his Dave's girlfriend's place, they bust into her house. Right. Uh, and he's like, oh, and he's going he's gonna to rape her, and then it becomes a joke about how he can't get it up. Yeah. Um, in the graphic novel, it's different because it actually, it's, it's not her, it's the girlfriend from the first movie. And oh. apparently it's like, they all like run a train on her. They basically like oh. gangbanger. It's apparently it's awful. It's fucking brutal in the in the book. Yeah. Um, and that's I mean, look, that's that shit is tough, man. I, I think uh, I, I like I don't I don't know if I want to watch that in a movie. No, in, that, in, in, in a kick-ass movie, I feel like that might have felt a little too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's 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 fucking heavy what, shit. What was the rate? I mean, the rating had to be R. I mean, I think yes. I, I think I remember you, I think I remember you telling me, and I I did not see the Wolverine. Uh, I saw the Wolverine. <laughs> the Wolverine. The Wolverine's uh, actually pretty. Well, most of it's pretty decent. I I didn't see it, but a, a friend of ours um, told me this was Travis. I yep. think it was Travis. Um, that what do you really like? What do you really want in a Wolverine movie? 
Well, like, what do you really want? Especially in one where, like, in the, the Japan Yeah, well, when Wolverine goes life, to Japan, you want to see Wolverine fuck up ninjas. You want to see Wolverine fuck up some ninjas. That's kind of just all you want. No fire escapes. Yeah. No no fat guys. Yeah. Just, just ninjas. Just kill ninjas. Go. Yeah, like, he, doesn't really, he doesn't really get a chance to do he that. He doesn't really get a chance he to does, do that. He does fight a lot of Yakuza, though. Yeah. And that's a, that's a, you know, that's yeah. the other thing you want to see. Well, it's either, either ninjas, either ninjas or fucking tatted up gangsters. And he... There is some good shit of him fucking up Yakuza. Yeah, but I I would. But it doesn't have the same like as ninjas. Personally, I I would lo- I would really get it. Ding. Yeah, no, I see what you did there. I I personally would really enjoy seeing an X Men movie or a Batman movie or any any of the mainstream superheroes rated R. Yeah, I would really enjoy that, and I feel like. I mean, I know that they, it's not going to happen. Never going to happen. Never going to happen. Never going to happen. I, I understand, but I mean, like, I, I could see them doing, like, two, not parallel, but an R version and, and then, like, the main version. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they don't have to be the same storyline or anything, but I just, I, I feel like, and that, I, I just feel like that would be what the characters would have to do yeah. if you're going to try and make them vaguely realistic um and that's what they did with the kick-ass franchise yeah. and i you know i think it makes it better yeah um there are uh so we got we got a lot of changes in this one uh from the first one i mean a lot oh, of... i thought you meant a lot of edits in this oh, no. audio <laughs> <laughs> well, well that, that well, too well that probably too Jamie. Uh, <laughs> There are a lot of changes. We've got a lot of new characters that show up. Yes. Um, we got a lot of... Uh, I, for the most part, I actually really like his little collection, his little Justice League of of, of people. Um, the mom and dad team, I think, are kind of weird. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, I think, the weird... Like, the one bit that just sort of never really it, hit for me. It sort of fell flat. Yeah. Um, I love Dr. Gravity and his baseball bat. I yeah, think that, no, that shit was, is great. Yeah, that that I enjoyed. Um, um, who There was, there was the... the friend yeah well so, so clark duke as like captain america stance surrogate yeah uh, whose name i i've forgotten his name now I don't know. um but he's he's really interesting uh so i was joking on twitter the other day because you know the other change that that gets made between the first and the second one um and it's really the only instance of this there's only one person that they there's only one character that they recast from the first movie to the second movie. And that's the third friend. Or the second friend. You know? Oh, yeah. There's Kick-Ass, there's Clark Duke, and there's other guy. Yeah, third. Todd. Yeah. So, in the first movie... <laughs> and you will be Todd. Yes. In the first movie, it's Evan Peters. And Evan Peters is actually kind of great in that role. Like, he's one of those things that the second and third time you watch it, he really kind of steals some scenes. Mm. You know? Um, he's gone. Uh, and he's been replaced by Captain um, Stupid. He's been replaced by Augustus Prue. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who the fuck Augustus Prue is. Sounds and like I, a character from Willy Wonka. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he's probably about on par. Um, he's not. He's not very interesting. He's not very good. Um, and it's a shame because he's a huge part. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> or an important well, part. He's an important part, but they actually gave that character some stuff to play in this movie. Yeah, you know, where he gets left out of the group and he wants to be a hero and he does. He just mimics it's like in the first movie, he's just sort of there and he gets a couple of funny lines and he's just sort of around the guy who's also hanging around. He actually got some stuff to do and that character has things to do in this movie. And Augustus Prue is not really up to the task. He doesn't have the same kind of goofy charm that 
that that Evan Peters did, he he he, he comes off like an idiot, you yes. know. And I mean, like, there is no two ways around it. Like uh, Clark Duke and uh, uh, Marty Battle Guy, that's his name. Battle Guy, Battle Guy, Battle Guy, uh, Battle Guy, and Kickass are being a total dick to Todd. Oh yeah, you know. Uh, he like absolutely like once they all because I like, no they're being they're they're off on their own and they're being superior they're being, being, being bad assholes just bad friends but Todd is so lame in this movie that you almost don't blame them like yeah. I wouldn't want to hang around with that guy either he sucks it, it it did kind of make me wonder why he was around yeah and I mean and then obviously he served a purpose later well yeah but, which is um, also sort of unfortunate yeah I kind of wish that didn't happen yeah although the image of all of the giant all of the like big muscly like badass tough guys and, and they're like yellow, dark leather and like you know yellow condom men. yeah exactly that's a, he's a pretty entertaining he, he looked image. like one of those those uh balloon noodly guys in front of a car dealership yeah just like oh yeah and and not only that let's so let's let's lay the fucking cards on the table mm. he killed kick-ass's dad he kills dave's father he tells motherfucker what's like who he is and he is responsible for his father's death I don't know how you go back to being friends after that. I don't think you do. It, but they do. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. And so, I, anyway, so I was joking on Twitter the other day because, you know, Evan Peters, who was replaced, yeah. is now playing uh, Quicksilver in X-Men Days of Future Past. Really? Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. But here's where it gets more interesting. Still don't know how they're going to pull that off. So, are you familiar with the with the weird legal loophole of Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch? You mentioned it to me briefly. Quicksilver and uh, Scarlet Witch are Magneto's kids. They're Magneto's kids. Yeah. Um, but they've also appeared in the Avengers line. You know, yes. they are they have been part of the Avengers uh, from time to time. Sure. The weird line in the sand, the legal line in the sand between Marvel Studios, uh, which owns the Avengers, right. and Fox, which owns the X Men, is that Marvel can't use the word mutants. Anything Fox owns the X-Men's and the X-Men and all mutants. So Marvel can not use anyone who is called a mutant. They can't use the word mutant. Interesting. So however, there is a literally in the contracts there is a loophole specifically for Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. They can use those characters, but they can't call them mutants and they can't refer to Magneto. What this means is that in the next year, we are going to see Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch show up in both X-Men Days of Future Past and Avengers 2, being played by different people. I was going to say different actors? Yes. Yeah. And here's where it gets hilarious. Because in X-Men Days of Future Past, Evan Peters will be playing Quicksilver. And in the Avengers, Aaron Taylor Johnson will be playing Quicksilver, which means that Poor Clark Duke has been left out in the wind somewhere. <laughs> I'm convinced he's going to show up as Cable. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's such a weird coincidence. I, I, don't, I don't know what to say yeah. now. Yeah. That is so weird. It's such a, it's such an inter it's such a weird footnote to the kick-ass franchise now. <laughs> yeah. So I recently watched Twixt which is Francis Ford Coppola's vampire movie starring Val Kilmer. Oh, um, that sounds awful. It's insane. Um, but w here's the thing. So he's shooting digitally, uh, and there's this <clears throat> weird, it's like, 
I mean, he's being, he's, he's really experimenting a lot, and he's trying a lot of stuff, and some of it works, and some of it does not. Okay. But one of the things that I kept, the sort of sensation I kept having watching Twixt, is that, you know, he doesn't quite have a handle on how to handle digital. Like, he doesn't quite, he doesn't quite know how to light it correctly, mm -hmm. um, and you get this weird, uh, like, shallow depth of field. Um, where it looks like real sets are green screens. Do you know what he's shooting it with? I don't. Um, but I had that same sensation often watching Kick-Ass 2, I which I believe was also shot digitally. And it's, it's with, like it felt like the, some of the locations, I think some of the outdoor locations, it was like, I know you're in a real place, but it looks like you're in a fake place I'm trying right to now. remember now when I, if I had any of those moments, because, um, well, well, for the listening audience, Daly has way more experience than I do shooting video, but I shoot photo, um, and he doesn't. And I re the only movie they were, the, the, where I really, really, really just stunk of shallow depth of field and looked like it was shot on DSLR, to me, was Social Network. Mm. It was just all over it. And, it, you know, and it created a thing. It was fine. Um, I'm trying to remember if I had that experience with Kick-Ass. It was a while ago now. There were there were a couple of maybe scenes in the graveyard. Yeah. Uh, yep. Some skyline stuff, maybe. Yeah, I think the the would, truck scene felt a little weird. I don't sometimes. think it was. A, I don't think it was a question of depth of field so much, but. Hmm. Honestly, I'd have to see it again. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I'm trying. I I didn't write down which scenes they were, but I just wrote that. You know, I bet if I watched sense. it again. With that in mind, I bet I would yeah. notice it a lot more. Well, and that's the other thing. I'm honestly, like, I'm, and I'm curious to watch it again because I'm, you know, watch it at home. Right. I, I, I mean, so Twixt I watched at home on my, on my, you know, my TV. Yeah. Um. So that's one of those things that I'm wondering how well it translates from big screen to small screen. You know, does that get better? Does that get worse? Um. I feel like it's probably going to get worse. You know, when we saw, uh, Matrix Reloaded. And they have the big, the burly brawl where he fights like the 15 million guys. Yeah, the, yeah. the thousand Agent Smiths. Right. That looked pretty good on the big screen. Oh, it looks terrible on TV. Yeah, and as soon as you watched it at home, the first time you're like, was I blind? Was I an idiot? This looks like shit. Yeah. But it looks Everyone, pretty good on a every, big screen. Everybody's bent in half for some yeah. reason. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that, I'm, I'm curious to see see if that, how that, how that will play on the second viewing. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I'm waiting for you to ask me about John Leguizamo. That's what I'm waiting John for. John Leguizamo? God, I almost forgot he was even in the fucking movie. He was the heart of the, he's the, heart of the Ghostbusters in this movie. He, he's great. Yeah. He was Clifton Collins Jr. in this movie. Well, okay, so we haven't really even talked at all about that whole side. You know, the... The, the McLovin side? The McLovin side. Let's let's talk about the McLovin side of this movie. I... Th mm, some of it was a little heavy-handed. I think... Yeah. I mean, I, I think that perhaps the strength of, the, of these movies comes... Not, not just from the violence and the realism of some of the violence, or even the super realism of some of the violence, but um, just with the character development. I mean, yeah, there are way more characters in this one than in the last one, but every character has an arc. Yeah. So, except, I mean, with a couple of exceptions. Um, but at least all the main characters have, have arcs, and McLovin absolutely has an arc, and I mean, and it, and it stretches from the first one. And then it, it kind of, I don't know, they... At the very, very end of the first one, I remember he was gonna pop up as some other supervillain, and then not the motherfucker, and then and then they found his mother's 
Yeah. Uh, that wasn't really necessary. I was not, that was a little uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Just, I didn't like that. Um, but, okay, fine. But, uh. But that scene with him and the uncle in prison, that's a great scene. Yeah. That's a fabulous scene, and McLovin sells that. I was surprised that he managed to pull that off. I really was, because that could have played so stupidly. Yeah. Like, it just could have been so forced and artificial. No, he makes but that he, shit work. he did it. He actually did it. Um, and and his little crew of, of villains uh, are pretty are pretty great. Oh, and God. And what's their name? They have that ridiculously awesome name. I like don't know, but I was... Super Mega was, Cunts or something. So I was waiting... Just waiting for Mother Russia or whatever her name was. When she takes on all those cop cars, it is a thing of beauty. Why, oh God, why did she not say to somebody at some point in this movie, <laughs> I, I must, must break, break you. you. Why did they waste it? Why, oh. I don't know, maybe they, maybe they thought it was too easy of a you shot. You know and... somebody thought it, though. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe they, they thought dressed it was too her on the like nose. Dolph Lundgren. They literally did and gave her his haircut. Yes. Which was... Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe that was the bridge too far, is actually giving her the line of dialogue. Maybe it was. Maybe that would have been overselling it. But, but yeah, no, she's... I would have cheered. She's fantastic. And in the the eventual showdown between between her and Mindy is just yeah. great. That's that's a fight you really want to see. Yes. And, and it does not disappoint. Did you think... Did, okay, did you buy the syringe thing? Did you buy it? Like were, were you surprised? Oh, oh were the you surprised bit? at all that it like I knew it was going to be adrenaline the whole time. I uh, I, I was I'll like say this is straight out of the rock. Yeah, like I I'll say that the word adrenaline didn't pop into my head, but I knew it wasn't a poison pill. Yeah, I I I I think I assumed it was going to be some kind of like fictional something Super or other. Super serum, yeah. temporary, yeah. I yeah. mean, I knew that it was going to be or a at the ver- Or at the very right. least, that it wasn't a... Uh, it wasn't It wasn't a suicide pill. Right. I mean, it might have been some, like, I can inject it into somebody else and it does the thing. But, like, I at the very least, I knew it wasn't a vial full of cyanide. You but, know? I mean, do you think they were trying to sell it that way? Oh, no, they definitely were. Okay. Because I, I, mean, I, I mean, okay, so neither yeah. of us bought... Okay. Yeah. No, no but I mean, I think that's, I mean, I think that's a hard sell because I think that's just one of those things where it just feels like it's, it's a movie plot device, you know, like you, as soon as it, as soon as she opens up the thing and it's a last resort, no, I can't do that. Like you instantly recognize I've seen this in a movie before. Like yeah. I know how this operates and I know this isn't going to, I know this isn't what it looks like now. I've seen this setup and I've seen how it pays off and like the, this is not what it's going to be, you know? Do you, okay, well, let me ask you this. The reason I bring it up is because I'm not sure if it had, just, okay, if you, if you buy, pretending that you bought in. Yeah. What purpose would that have served? As a plot device, having a, having Having the suicide having, Having this shroud of suicide looming over stuff, sort of. What purpose would that have served? Well, you mean like thematically, or you mean like as a practical person, why would you carry a suicide pill? Thematically. Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't think it really does, and I think that's why it gets brought up at the beginning, and then it doesn't get brought up again until she pulls the pulls out the syringe. Like, I mean, and literally, that's it. You know, yeah. she it's, in the first like ten minutes, she takes it out, and he goes, "Yo, that's not for me," and then they. Do not, they do not discuss it. It is did, never seen again. Did you feel a little bit like they kind of forgot about it and then said, oh shit, it's going to be like Bond where we talk about the car and Goldeneye and yeah. then don't use the car. Yeah. 
Yeah, it could be. I, I, mm. and I mean, that's one of those things that you know, it might that might be a. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's an invention of the movie or if that's a bit of the book. Yeah, I wonder. Anyway, John Leguizamo is great. Is great. His, I mean, even his little arc. Yeah. Which was not very long. He wasn't around for that no, long. No, but it's, even that, you're right. It's a, it's a really nice journey of, you know, trying to be the voice of reason and then saying, finally saying, no, nah, fuck it, fine. You want to be a villain? Fine, let's let's do that. Let's then. do it. I'm Alfred. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got that, that great, the, that unbelievably sublime <laughs> moment where, uh, wait, she can't be Mother Russia. Motherfucker and the Mother Russia on the same team. That doesn't work. <laughs> That's an amazing moment right there. Yeah, I... I th- oh, it was great. So let's try that. How about the end? You know, uh, I'm I, curious to see if they get around to a third kick-ass movie. Like, I, I think this movie did they, reasonably well. well. I don't know if it performed as well. I haven't looked at any numbers, but I don't... My impression is that it didn't do quite as well as the first one. It certainly didn't have quite as did much the, of a... Did the first one do that well? Well, I mean, it did well enough that it got a sequel within three years. I mean, yeah. I think, I think the at the very least, the first one was, I think, uh, better liked, you know? I think it had more fans. I think the second one had a little the more... First one, yeah, the, they're, Jim Carrey's good the and The first one is fun, definitely more whatever. endearing. Yeah. It's way more endearing. Yeah. Um, uh, and it certainly felt more novel, I think, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But the... For sure. I like I I don't I don't know if they'll get around for the third one and for that matter uh, who's you know, the villain? Well, that's the, I, I don't know. You know, um, I mean, I, there is a third Kick-Ass graphic novel. I know that. I mean, I know they there's material there for them to do another one. I don't know if the studio's interested in doing another one. I also don't know if Aaron Taylor Johnson is interested in coming back again. Uh. Uh, he seemed uh, Jamie was reading me some interview or something with him. He was saying like he wasn't really even. That it was really weird for him to come back three years later and play this guy who was still in high school and he was in a very different place and it wasn't as much fun for him and he didn't really feel like he identified with the character as much and like yeah. I honestly it makes me wonder if he has any interest in doing you know doing that playing this part anymore at least not without them you know really evolving the role to a certain degree and I mean look the end of the movie, you know, those last few shots of the movie with, you know, Mindy speeding off to right. kick ass in, in New York and uh, and him with the, you know, helmet, the battle mask, I mean, and training, I mean, it certainly feels like if they do another one, it's going to, it's not going to be, oh, high schooler is a superhero, no, you know, no, it, no. it feels like they've set the stage to do something very different. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm intrigued to see what that would be. I don't know if we're going to get to see that, though. I don't yeah. know if we're going to get the chance mm. for, to, for that movie to happen. Downer. Yeah. It's a, it's a bit of a shame. But that's the other thing. It's also, you know, from a logistic standpoint, I mean, Aaron Taylor Johnson's going to be in a fucking Avengers. You know, Chloe, Chloe Grace Moretz is Carrie. She's headlining her own movies now. Like, yeah. they, you, they don't need this franchise anymore. No, you they know? really they, don't. It really feels like they've moved on to other things. Do you, you think? Know? Do you think it was this franchise that made them? Oh, absolutely. Both of them. Well, him at least. Um, I mean, he, he did some other things, but this is really, I mean, you know, I I, I wouldn't wouldn't go so far as to say it made him a household name, but at least made him identifiable. Oh, yeah, that guy, that guy, that's the guy from Kick-Ass, you know? Yeah. Um, Chloe Moretz, you know, this is certainly she's, her big she's, breakout. She's been around. But, she, yeah, she'd been doing plenty of other things. She's shown up in lots of other stuff. I mean, uh, you know, she had the 
remake of Let the Right One In, in which she is fantastic. Um, and she she she's she had that episode of Thirty Rock where she countered Alec Baldwin. That's true, quite well. Yeah, actually, uh, I mean she um, she can hold her own. You know, I, she, this certainly certainly helped her. It certainly pushed her right to the front because she was the thing everyone was talking was, about coming out of that movie. But right, it was definitely uh, the first thing I saw her in that I but, can remember anyway. Yeah, but I mean. He, I think I don't think she needed the second one as much as maybe he did. You know, I mean, yeah. he's he's like I said, he's gone, he's done other things as well, um, but nothing, nothing really as mainstream as as Kickass for sure. Yeah, um, you know, he's sort of uh, had some supporting roles and some more sort of independent, you know, art awards baity kind of stuff. So, yeah, um, this is certainly. I mean, now he'll be in Avengers, but you know, this is certainly the most mainstream he's ever been. You know, these these feel like the paycheck movies for him. You know. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, but yeah, like I don't. It's a shame. I would like to see another one of these movies. I don't know. I I don't think I'm going to get to see it. I don't think it's going to. I don't think it'll exist. Yeah. But I would love. I would love to see what the world would go. Mm. So you know, comic comic book movies. Comic book movies. We, we, uh, <sighs> what have we got left? Thor. Uh, Captain America coming up uh, next year. Um, I need to get hyped up for that one. Yeah. I got to say that the Captain America didn't. It doesn't watch as well on repeated showings. Oh, really? I loved Captain America. No, I see that. I think Thor gets better, and I think Captain America gets worse. I disagree. I don't think I don't think Thor gets better so much as Thor is. Re- Chris Hemsworth is really good in in Thor, yeah. and he's really good in the Avengers. Yeah, and once everybody saw the Avengers, everyone. Went suddenly remembered watched. yeah remembered why they liked thor in the first place so i think when you watch thor now you you get to sort of say oh yeah these are the things i like about this movie and you kind of get to disregard everything else there was a really interesting uh so quentin tarantino does these lists um sort of at random where he'll just say say hey these are the top 10 movies of the year so far and he'll just every okay. couple of months he'll he'll put this he'll give this he'll make up a list and give it to some press person. How, how you know? Extremely pretentious. So <laughs> one so he just did one like a couple days ago and he he got got a lot of attention because he put the Lone Ranger on there, which what? is terrible. And also people said, "What the fuck is up with that?" And so he gave him, he said, "Look, you know, the first forty five minutes are great." The second forty-five minutes, not as not as great. The last forty-five minutes, kind of a mess. But then there's also that great, amazing train sequence in the middle. Like, so some somebody I was reading made the comment that it's you know it's something that we do with movies over time, like over years, as you mm. sort of revisit movies and sort of recontextualize them, where you, you script to basically cherry pick the things that you like. You know, like oh, oh I like I like this part of the movie. I have a soft spot for this part of the movie, so sure. I'm willing to watch that movie again, right. even though I know intellectually that a lot of that movie is not very good. Prometheus is actually a good example of that. I was it was I, I have seen it. Oh, really? So it was on TV today a little bit, and it's you know I was thinking Prometheus might be the uh, the best made worst script I've ever seen. Like the one thing that just fails that movie is the, is the script. The script is terrible. It doesn't make any sense. It's fucking awful. But I can watch that movie anytime because it is gorgeous to watch. It is so well made. Ridley Scott is so on the ball. Yeah. And every and, and 
Fastbender's amazing. Like the cast is all pretty much very good. Um, <laughs> there, there are some weak points, but you know there are enough things in that movie, and there are a couple of sequences that are really good. There's a really awesome sequence near the end. Um, like there are enough interesting things in that movie that I uh, am willing to watch it, even though I know in my brain that script sucks balls. Hmm. Uh, so I think. Thor is kind of like that, you know, like as time we go, oh yeah, but you know, Chris Hemsworth is great, and I like Natalie Portman, and yeah, parts of it are funny, and all the stuff on Asgard is really good, and you it lets yeah. you kind of overlook the fact that all the stuff on Earth sucks. I'm, you know? I'm willing to bet, and I, I've only seen Superman, or sorry, Man of Steel once, mm. I'm willing to bet I'm going to like it a lot more than I did the first time. I liked it better the second time. I mean, I saw it like a, I saw them saw it twice within about a week or so because yeah. I wanted to see it again before I wrote it. Yeah. So uh, I liked, I, I think it played better the second time. I think it will. Um, um, I haven't seen it since. I don't think it's available. Well, because now I won't, be, I, won't, I won't be surprised by the things that disappointed me. Right. So I won't worry about them. Yeah. Um, have you been watching uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at all? Not even once. It's interesting. I kind of don't want to. It's not firing on all cylinders yet. The cast hasn't really gelled. Like a little it, disjointed. Still, still, they're still finding their feet a little bit. Ha, it, um, have there been any weird cameos? Well, uh, um, either by established characters or characters established in the Marvel universe, but not, both. But not having been seen on screen yet. Yeah, both. Um, uh, well, Maria Hill she was in the first one. Oh, she's so um, uh, uh, Sam Jackson showed up in the second one. Oh. Um, they're doing uh, with the show. They're doing the same thing the movies do in that they're like like the post credits stinger. Um, so it's oh. not really even post credits so much as this like there is a brief like one minute two minute scene at the like after the last commercial break yeah. um, before it cuts to the credits. Uh, that is sort of the like kind of like the cliffhanger. movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's not even cliffhangers like leading to the next episode. Each episode has been more or less standalone, to be honest with you. Oh. Um, but then this last one set up what it felt like is going to be like the big bad villain, um, which is uh, Gra Graviton? Gravi Gravitron? Graviton? is Graviton. Um, is that guy who can control gravity. Um, oh, okay. And so the, the the third episode was basically a supervillain origin story. It was like this scientist who, okay. you know, tries yeah, to sure. do this thing. And he gets... have, have they brought in any other Marvel characters that we know? No, not really. I mean, they've got this team of like six, and, and that's that's pretty much it. Coulson, and that's pretty much it. Because I've been, I've been, I was kind of wondering if they were going to use it as a launching pad for any of the people who would become the new Avengers later. Oh, no. No. Uh, I mean, I mean, like, I'm like, I'm waiting for Iron Fist to show up. Or I wouldn't hold my breath. I mean, guys. I think you'll see characters... I think you'll see Marvel characters show up for sure, but yeah. I don't think they want this to be a launching pad for the theatrical universe. I think it's more just... Money off the property. Yeah, so, you know, and it's something they can tie together, so you know they can keep, to keep people interested. Before. Well, yeah, and and not only that, but it's like I, I don't even think it's a matter of setup so much as like they can do something on the show and then just like drop a reference to it in a movie. And if you're watching the show, you go, oh hey, that's great. You know, oh, okay. You know, sure. uh, yeah, yeah. not that I think we're gonna see any of these actors show up in the movie, but like someone will refer to something that happened on the show, yeah, or you know, or or whatever it is. So. Yeah. Um, I think you'll see. I mean, look, 
over, they, they got picked up for a full season for 22 episodes. Yes. Which means that we're going, Thor and Captain America are both going to come out uh, During. over the course of this first season. Um, and I was just reading somewhere that, uh, you know, Captain America, this new Captain America movie, very interesting, is basically a 70s style sort of political espionage thriller. Hmm. Um, it's Captain America working for S.H.I.E.L.D. and sort of, you know, what's going on with S.H.I.E.L.D. And I think by the end of Captain America, uh, Winter Soldier, that, you know, there'll be basically big shakeups with S.H.I.E.L.D. Sort of what S.H.I.E.L.D. is doing and who they are and what's going on. And, you know, I, I, I suspect Captain America 2 is going to be about, like, rogue elements within S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, which you would think would then play out on that show, you know? Mm, um, maybe. It's like, it's, it's like when they changed all the uniforms in First Contact and then they had to change them on DS9. <laughs> yeah. You know? Sure. It's sure. like when they do when they do something here, it's got, there has to be reverberations right. that play across the universe, you know? Yeah. So. Huh. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Do we, do we know anything about Avengers 2 in terms of... Ultron? It's okay. called Age of Ultron. Okay. That's, so Ultron is the villain. How are, so James Spader is voicing Ultron. Oh really? Yep. Oh, that actually, that's good. That I think it's very interesting. Um, James Spader I, is voicing I, Ultron. I uh, presume they're bringing in Ant Man then. Well, no. Um, they're actually going to go a different way with it because Edgar Wright is doing an Ant Man movie, but it's going to oh. be for Phase Three. Um, so it won't have come my, out my, yet. My knowledge of the Avengers is not terribly deep, but I'm pretty Ultra, sure Ultra that Ant-Man... invented by, by, by Hank Pym, yes. Okay, thank you. Um, I think they're going a different way. I, the, so the sort of little teaser that they made was literally, I mean, it was all like voiceovers and stuff from the Avengers movies and from the already established Marvel movies. Yeah. But it was literally an Iron Man helmet getting like, you know, beat up and dented and, you know blasted and stuff and then like reforged as an Ultron helmet so it sort of implies that Ultron is going to be born out of Iron Man's tech out of out of Tony Stark and not by Hank Pym oh okay which is it was yeah, fine that, that's an interesting way to yeah, go I mean, that's um, and it you know look and it keeps Tony Stark front and center since you're not getting any more Iron Man movies yeah <laughs> you know I still don't know how they're gonna make that all go yeah we'll see. I mean it's bringing War Machine I think it would be interesting if Jarvis turned out to be Ultron if Ultron became like a oh, evolution of Jarvis. That, I think that would be super interesting. That would be. I mean, but you Spader. wouldn't need James Spader. You would use Paul Bettany. You right. know. Yeah. 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 Um, but but that, I think that'd be. I, I kind of wish it was that. I think it would be fun to see. It would. Have, well, yeah. Yeah. There'd be a lot of <laughs> no, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, let's wrap up Kiss yeah. to because we haven't uh, talked about it for ten minutes. Yeah. Um, but so we we feel we feel pretty positive about Kiss too. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll watch it. I'll certainly watch it again. You know, I'll probably buy it. I own the first one. I'll probably buy this one, too. I feel like I'm probably going to watch the first one more frequently, you know? Yeah. Um, I feel worse about it now than I did at the beginning of this conversation. <laughs> That'll happen. No, really. I, 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 I mean, I, I genuinely enjoyed the shit out of it when I watched it, and now I'm kind of like, oh. Well, you know, I th and that's I'm kind of sad now. I think it's one of those movies that... You know, like I said, it's it's like it's like the 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 cafeteria shit vomit six stick scene. You know, it plays in the moment. Like we, you and I, look, we we are we people who watch movies <laughs> and we react vocally when we watch movies. And we actually only do that when you're around. Well, yes, but we you know we were laughing, we were we, hooting, hollering, we were oh my god, oh that was great. You know, we were yeah. screaming, we were having a 
fucking and you blast know watching that movie. So was everybody else. Yeah. No, it really yeah. played across the room. Everybody, you know, it was really, really fun <laughs> to watch. I thought in it was a room. terribly crowded theater, but no. Yeah, and that's the thing. It was a like not even a half empty room. It was yeah. a three quarters and two thirds empty room, yeah. and it still felt like a good crowd. Like there was a lot of energy in that room. Yeah. That movie plays to a crowd. You know. Yeah. yeah. But when you walk away and you actually start thinking about it, and you certainly when you start comparing it to the first one, yeah. That's when it, yeah, it kind of feels, you know, so the, the cafeteria scene, it's like that scene fucking, you know, we laughed, it, it's great, you know, we... It's, we, it's we, gonna fall flat now. Yeah, but exactly, but like on repeated viewings, it's like you're gonna start, you know, yeah, oh, the great. vomit is pretty fake, it's pretty CG, and, it, yeah. and it's like, it's, it, it's entertaining on its initial view, but I don't know how well it'll, you know, withstand, you know, second, third, fourth, fourth yeah. viewing. Meanwhile... Rampage's face drop that just keeps getting better. That's true. Can't when in doubt, Rampage Jackson you know, dropping a guy on his face. Do you know why that keeps getting better why? and why the reaction was so good for that? I've been thinking about it. Uh, all right, hit me. All right, some what, 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 what we're talking about here is in the A team when Rampage picks up the guy and just fucking drops him pile on drives him on yeah. his face. Yeah. The reason why it's so good is because what's his name? Uh, Bradley Cooper? Yes. yes. Bradley Cooper goes, his reaction. He goes, oh! Yes. Because <laughs> that's exactly your reaction. He gives the audience reaction. Yes. yes. He gives and, the audience and, cue. And, it's, and it, it holds up. And I still enjoy it. Yeah. I've seen it many I times. I almost bought it today. I don't know why I don't own that movie. I almost bought it again today. Anyway, so yeah. Kick-Ass 2. Watch it at least once. And then maybe not again for a while. Yeah. Still giving it the thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, um, give it, I, I'll give it a thumbs up. It's not a, a terribly enthusiastic thumbs up, but it's... Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Me too. All right. All right. Kick-Ass 2. Thoroughly enjoyed. <laughs>